Alright, this is the Bill Sang Podcast. My name is Bill Sang. We have another episode of the World of Worldview series that I've been doing. And tonight we are going to be doing the age of the earth. And for many this is a controversial topic. I don't understand why it's so controversial. Other than the fact that culturally speaking that we believe that the universe is 14 billion years old. We believe that science proves that and we're going to get into that a little bit tonight and before getting into that i do want to make two quick notes the first note is that sometimes people like to lump in young earth creationism with the idea of a flat earth saying that it's just as baseless as the idea of a flat earth and that a flat earth is also something that is the the idea of a flat earth is derived from an ultra literal interpretation of scripture that is absolutely false. Flat Earth implications of a flat Earth are nowhere to be found inside of Scripture. There might be some poetic language or something that might suggest flatness to the landmass that we walk on necessarily, but there is no indication inside of the Bible that God is pronouncing that the world is flat, that He created the world to be flat, or anything even close to that. In fact, uh, the Bible even indicates that the world is round, which is really remarkable that that God chose to do that inside of the Bible. So there's no affiliation between young earth creationism and flat earthism. I want to get that out of, out of the way right away. And I also want to let everybody know from the get-go, I am a young earth creationist, but I wasn't always a young earth creationist. In fact, my first exposure to young earth creationism, I didn't even know it existed until I was a sophomore in high school. Up until that point, I never heard, I, I never even could conceive of the idea that the world, that anybody would think that the world was anything less than billions of years old. I was a big dinosaur guy, loved dinosaurs, still love dinosaurs. And because of that, we believe that dinosaurs lived 65 million years ago. Well, if you believe that dinosaurs lived 65 million years ago, then of course, clearly, you're not going to believe in a young earth. And it, it, the thought to you just sounds absurd. And that's how it sounded to me. And then I remember for the first time ever, my biology, my biology teacher in high school for some reason, decided to bring up that some people believe that the world is only 10,000 years old. And he said that's a religious belief. It's not based in science. And essentially, you can believe that if you want, but it's not scientific, that it's purely religious. Years later, I came across a friend by the name of Eric Danke. And Eric Danke, um, he's now actually a pastor here in Ohio as well. So hopefully he gets to see this episode as well. And he introduced me to a series at his church that actually talked about young earth creationism. And immediately my my warning sirens went off. I thought to myself, because the guy who was presenting it was presenting it as science. And in my mind, I'm saying, this isn't science. This is religion. There's no way you can conclude that the world is under however many billion years old under the pretense of science. There's no way you can get to anything, I mean, I'm sorry, there's no way, yeah, there's no way you can arrive to the conclusion of a young earth that they were saying 6,000 years old. There's no way you can get to that without a religious bias, without believing strictly in a, relig a religious um, creation, a, a, a divine creation of the universe. Of course, I believe that, I believe in God. Nonetheless, I also 
believed that science and atheists were unbiased in their interpretation of facts. Thus, I didn't know exactly what to make of a universe that was billions of years old. And then through this process of learning about creationism, I start, it started to become clear to me that creationism was not a religious concept. It was derived um, it, it was derived through the revelation of the Bible, which, as you will see here shortly, actually teaches that the earth is young uh, relative to the age of what we perceive it to be. Mind you, 6,000 years is still pretty old to me. I don't know anybody who's 6,000 years old. I don't think that you know anybody who's 6,000 years old. But we will be seeing that the earth is indeed young according to biblical standards. And the, it's uh, young compared to the age, the supposed age of the universe. So we're going to be talking about what the world teaches about the age of the universe and the earth. And we're going to be talking about what the Bible has to say. So the world teaches that the universe is around 14 billion years old. Is that still the consensus on the age of the earth? Honestly, I don't know. I know that it changes from time to time. Right, the last that I saw, 14 billion years old is the consensus, and so I'm going to stick with that. That we assume that the universe is 14 billion years old, the earth is a couple billion years old. And how do we arrive at that conclusion? Well, <clears throat> a couple things. We say, the biggest one that I hear proclaimed is, well, carbon dating tells us that the world is at least billions of years old. So, of course, we can rely on carbon dating, carbon-14 dating. So, that's solid evidence. That's scientific proof that the world is older than 6,000 years without dispute. Geology, the geologic column, just look at the layers of dirt underneath your feet and you will see that they, they're, they're stratified and each, uh, what do they call it? Each layer, I'll call it, of dirt represents millions of years of passing time of, of the past. Dinosaurs and other extinct species of creatures found inside the geologic column. The fossils lived millions of years ago. Don't you remember how, that, what you were taught in school? That the Cretaceous period was 65 million years ago, brought to an end by a catastrophic meteorite that crashed into the earth and changed everything about the landscape. And, and thus, we know that dinosaurs lived 65 million years ago. By the way, i got to Dinosaur on my shirt. I might be covering it up from time to time. This is my new Bill Sang podcast t-shirt. And I was very happy to be able to get a Tyrannosaurus Rex. At least I'm assuming it's a Tyrannosaurus Rex on my t-shirt. Big fan. <laughs> uh, another thing. <clears throat> Starlight. Starlight travels billions of years through space. Clearly, you have to know that if Starlight travels billions of years through space in order to make it to Earth, then clearly the universe has to be billions of years old because it would take the light billions of years to reach Earth. So, um, most Christians believe that the universe is billions of years old. They also believe that the Earth is billions of years old. I want to make it clear. When I present what I believe to be the biblical worldview on the age of the earth. I'm not calling anybody stupid. We have been so conditioned to believe that the universe is billions of years old that the thought doesn't really even enter your mind unless somebody puts it there. I, like I said, I did not know 
that there's even a concept that the universe was only a few thousand years old until I was a sophomore in college. And even then, I just kind of laughed it off, thought it was silly. Uh, so, and I, and I want the other side to acknowledge that too, that if you know somebody that believes in a young earth, that's not because they're stupid. It might be because they have studied it more thoroughly. They might be like me, where they used to be on the side of the fence that said, that, well, yeah, the universe is billions of years old, and I never even questioned that thought. And then they are opened up to evidence. They are opened up to the scientific thought that goes behind the evidence that shows that, there, that the earth is indeed around 6,000 years old. So no, nobody in this discussion is stupid, but I do believe that it is the biblical worldview that um that the earth and the universe is around six thousand years old uh there's also people that will say though outside of strict naturalistic science in terms of like the natural sciences people will point to civilizations that date back ten thousand years they have writings that go past the six thousand year mark and i find those to be very fascinating i I'm going to try to get to those tonight as long as I remember. I, I don't know very in-depth um, the arguments there, but I do know the general premise as to why there is this this uh, disagreement between younger creationists and the supposed records from long ago. And it's more so of a misinterpretation versus a disagreement. And uh, in, in large part, that's actually from the modern viewers, the modern reader's eyes that we make this misinterpretation of these ancient records. Um, <clears throat> but Christians have this way in accepting billions of years by saying that, well, you know, we can, we can accept billions of years and still believe in them what the Bible says if we say that there are gaps in Genesis, particularly between Genesis 1-1 and Genesis 1-2, uh, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the, and the earth, and then there's they insert a gap between that and when and when God actually starts shaping the earth into what He wants it to be, and they insert millions, maybe billions of years right there. And uh, they also sometimes will say that well, the genealogical records have gaps in them as well, and that's not entirely unfounded, by the way. There are certain gaps in certain of the genealogies. We see that sometimes uh, some of the genealogies in the Bible maybe skip a generation, will maybe skip a name here and there, but essentially um, it doesn't make a big difference in terms of how old the earth would be. I, after reading, I think it was Henry Morris's classic book, The Genesis Flood, it doesn't allow for any further than 10,000 years if you assume that there are other gaps inside the genealogical records. The genealogical records are pretty tight. Uh, they do not allow a whole lot of room for gaps. And I think that the gaps are pretty much accounted for just inside of the Bible itself. And so there's not room for like millions and billions of years to be inserted inside the genealogical records. So let's go ahead and get into it. The biblical worldview that the world is 6,000 years old. And the first thing I'd like to point out about this, because I think it resonates with people, that around Christmas time, you have what is called the Advent candles, correct? You, does your church have the Advent candles? My church lights the Advent candles uh, leading up to Christmas, and there are four candles surrounding a white candle, so five candles total, and those four candles surrounding the white candle represent the 4,000 years of 
history from the creation of the world up until the birth of Jesus Christ. What does that tell us about the ancient view of the age of the earth from the Christians long ago? Well, they believed that the earth was young and there is nothing inside of the scriptures to suggest to them otherwise. And so they believe that there is 4,000 years from the creation of the universe up to Jesus Christ, which is what a young earth creationist would believe today. So you might be surprised to learn that around Advent, you are actually, yes, you're celebrating the birth of Jesus Christ, but you're celebrating the young earth leading up to the birth of Jesus Christ as well. Now, biblically, the age of the earth, as I alluded to earlier, is derived from Genesis and the genealogies. Okay, so first of all, the Bible makes it very clear that God created the universe, the earth, in six days. Well, Bill, that might not have been 24-hour days, though. I mean, after all, the sun, wasn't cre- the sun, moon, and the stars weren't created till the fourth day. Before then, we didn't have a reference point. God created the light, right? God dictated between night and, and, and day. So he's the one that was governing the lights leading up to the time that he created the sun, the moon, and the stars. And then when he created the sun, moon, and the stars, he delegated the task of keeping track of the time that was passing from day to night to the sun, the moon, and the stars in that respect. And so we can assume, and, and you know, people will say that, well, well, yom. Yom does not mean a literal 24-hour day necessarily. Well, actually, yes, it does. And in every instance that is used inside of the Bible, yom, uh, the word Hebrew word yom, every single time that it's used inside of the Bible, it is referencing a literal 24-hour day. The only time we try to say that it doesn't mean a literal 24-hour day is in the book of Genesis. And uh, by the way, when it says yom ehad, that literally means day one. Yom, day, ehad, one, day one. And so there's no room for interpret. I mean, I don't want to say there's no room for interpretation there, but there's just teeny tiny room for interpretation outside of it being a literal day, so much so that it doesn't even make sense in the context of the Genesis story and actually leading up to the genealogies themselves. As the book of Genesis is not just about the creation of the universe, it is also about the first man, the first woman, and how the nation of Israel was founded as well. And they traced the genealogical roots of Abraham from Adam and Eve. And so that must be taken seriously right there. If Adam and Eve aren't real, if this genealogy isn't accurate, then Abraham doesn't mean anything either. And if Abraham doesn't mean anything, does Moses mean anything? Were they were any of them real necessarily? And you would not have to conclude that any of them were if you do not accept the idea that Genesis from the very first verse is telling a story from God's perspective about how he created the universe, how he created the world, and how he brought mankind into the world, and how he directed them to the promised land in Israel. So, Oftentimes the question is asked, are sci- can, can science and faith be compatible? Can they work together? Can they agree on things? And I, I think that it's a, I understand the question, and most of the time when we ask that question, the direction we go is in the direction of what we call intelligent design. And the intelligent design movement, it's great, 
I disagree with it in some respects. I think that it's a good intro to young earth creationism, to tell the truth, because it simply reveals that there is a God. And I think they do a great job at revealing that there is a God. Problem is, is that the intelligent design movement does not reveal anything further than that. It cannot reveal to you who God is. It just leaves you agnostic, pretty much. And then it's up to yourself to determine in your mind, okay, well, now that I'm agnostic and I think there could be a God, um, I don't know if there's a God. Now I need to pursue how to find out that there is a God. Well, creationism points us in that direction. And indeed, science in the Bible, from a biblical creationist perspective, absolutely agree. But you must understand the interpretation of science through the lens of the Bible. This is what a lot of people get wrong. People think that creationists just throw all the evidence of the age of the earth and everything just out the window. That we just discard it. We don't think about it. Geological calm, geological what? Carbon dating? Never heard of it. You know, that we're just ignorant to these realities. And that's not the truth because we do take into account carbon dating. We do take into account the geological column. And I'm going to start off by talking about the geological column a little bit. Because to me, the geologic column, these dirt layers underneath us where you find these fossils, are perhaps the best evidence for young earth. I think so, bar none. And uh, what you what you are taught is that these uh, these strata, that's what they're called, strata, um, inside of the earth are created through millions of years of passing of time. Now, what you might be surprised to hear is nowhere in the world, outside of the geologic column, can you find this sort of stratification inside of rock layers. The closest that, that are deposited over millions of years, over just you know non-catastrophic means. The closest that you can get is if you go to the coastline by the ocean. You can sort of see strata forming right there, but they are not the strata that you see in the geologic column. They're very, very thin layers of strata. Um, you know, sedimentary, uh, I don't know if that's the right word for it, but very thin layers of strata is what we're talking about, that don't look anything like the layers inside of the geologic column. Plus, also, they have to be distributed throughout the entire landmass, too. So, yeah, so what? They're distributed amongst the coastline. Anybody, I'd say anybody can create that, but you get what I'm saying, that you, you could see how water could separate out those layers, and it doesn't take necessarily millions of years to do that. Well, creationists, on the other hand, that through our observations, we have noted that similar layers to that found inside the geological column can be created in an instant almost. Uh, Mount St. Helens, when that erupted, created, it was a massive catastrophic event and devastated the landscape in Washington where it erupted. And the land was just broken up like you couldn't believe. And after everything was said and done, Lots of things that were observed in the geologic column were able to be observed. Um, and amongst those things would be the stratification that was created that was not there before. And so volcanic activity can create stratification inside of rock layers practically instantaneously. So we do see observable, observable evidence that these strata were not laid down over millions and billions of years. Rather, they were created in a very short amount of time. Where am I going with this? Well, 
as an earth creationist, as somebody that is a conservative Christian that takes the Bible um, for how it's written, I believe in the worldwide flood. And the worldwide flood actually dictates a lot of how a young earth creationist looks at science. Um, because what we see when we look at the geologic column, we don't see millions and billions of years of rock layers being laid down and of evolution and of death. Rather, what we see is we see the worldwide flood and the effects that it had on the world as uh, it killed millions of creatures. Um, that it, it separated out the rock layers. It bent the rock layers. That's a phenomenon that mainstream science has a very difficult time dealing with. Is Okay, well, if, they're, if these layers were laid down over millions of years, why is it that some of the rock layers are bent and twisted? That's very bizarre. That's a phenomenon that can only happen if the rock at some point was what? Moist. And so massive amount of water would have been responsible for shaping and molding these rock layers and breaking them down and making them soft so they could be bent. You see that through volcanic activity and other sort of factors that led to the worldwide flood, we have our geologic column. We have our fossils. And so don't look at it that we ignore the geologic column and we ignore dinosaurs. Some Christian denominations have chosen to ignore evidence like that. But through looking at the evidence through a biblical perspective, you can make scientific conclusions based on what we know through the Bible and it is in harmony with it and not going against it. You know, For instance, that's where the whole idea of well, who said that six days in Genesis were literal? Um, <clears throat> next thing, what happened to the dinosaurs? I just alluded to it. Partly, you know, we, we see that the flood probably wiped out a lot of the species of the dinosaurs, but the different kinds of dinosaurs would have been preserved on the ark. And then, as I mentioned in, a, in another episode of the Bill Sang podcast, the dinosaurs would have been preserved throughout history as dragons probably would have been hunted down, probably would have starved. Environmental factors would have wiped them out over time. And before long, they become the things of myth and legend. Carbon dating. What do we do with carbon dating? Well, they tell you in in biology class and in other science classes that you cannot carbon date dinosaur bones. They're so old that they shouldn't have any carbon-14 left inside of them. But truth be told, you actually can use radiometric dating to date dinosaur bones. Now, doing that, <clears throat> do we arrive at, at millions of years? No. Do we arrive at just 6,000 years? No. We actually arrive at a... At, um, one that I remember them carbon dating, came out to something between like 15 and 25,000 years old. Now, <clears throat> is that 6,000 years old? No. But is it 65 million years old? Absolutely not. What is carbon dating telling us right there? Carbon dating is telling us that it's not always accurate. And that's what we need to understand. Carbon dating, radiometric dating methods, they are not necessarily the end-all, be-all of authority in the world of science, that they have their limitations. And when we assume that a dinosaur bone is millions of years old and couldn't possibly have any carbon-14 left inside of it, and we find that there is and it can be carbon-dated, well, we got to rethink about our thoughts on how old dinosaur bones are. We need to rethink about radiometric dating techniques. And we really need to maybe just say, you know what? 
we need to find other ways to put an age stamp on the earth because this is not an accurate way to go about it. Um, also, one of my favorite things is Mary Schweitzer. Dr. Mary Schweitzer a while back found a Tyrannosaurus rex bone. And the fascinating thing about it was that she found soft tissue inside of it. I'm not going to go into the details of all that, but she found soft tissue inside of it, which suggests that it is not millions of years old. In fact, the, the scientific community was in an uproar over this, thinking that she faked it, thinking that she was a fundamentalist Christian that was just trying to push her idea of the age of the earth and the age of dinosaur bones on the rest of the scientific world and on, on, on planet earth itself even. But then it was found out that Mary Schweitzer was not a young earth creationist by any stretch of the imagination. She still thought that this dinosaur bone and this dinosaur was 65 million years old, contrary to what the evidence was showing. So historic record and uh, genealogies. So I'm going to touch on this real fast. First of all, like I said, uh, we're able to trace the age of the earth through the genealogies inside of the Bible. And so we're able to add up the different times, uh, the different ages of each uh, individual listed inside the genealogies. We're able to trace them to a historic figure that we know where they are in time. And eventually we're able to come up with the age of the earth, which uh, around doing that now you will come up with about an age of 6,000 years for the earth today. Um, as far as historic records that contradict the biblical, uh, the, the historic, uh, um, I'm sorry, that contradict the young earth creation idea, amongst those would be the records of ancient Egypt that go back, I think, tens of thousands of years. Well, that's not accurate. If you're told that, that's not accurate. In fact, I believe that that was derived from a list of kings that was given. And the kings' names were basically like stacked one after the other. It said how old they were. And I think that even exaggerated how old they were. And so after adding up those ages, they said, well, the, the Egyptian civilization is like really, really old. I can't remember exactly how old they said. It was a really, really old. But then it's been discovered that these records should actually not be read of these kings. They're assuming one king per era, and so king after king after king after king, uh, but that wasn't the truth. The truth of the matter was is that they shouldn't have been stacked, but they're actually, uh, there's, if I'm not mistaken, there's like two kings ruling in Egypt and both different regions, and so they should have been put side by side to indicate they are contemporaries, and that was consistent down the list. And it and when you do that, you actually do see that uh, when you calculate out this record correctly, it very much agrees with the idea of a young earth and a young creation. Other things, starlight. Okay, let's talk about starlight real fast. Starlight is one that baffles me, but I'm not too worried about starlight for a couple different reasons. One, because we're talking about light and how light travels. And does anybody actually like... I, I, you know, I wouldn't even ask that question right there. But when we're talking about light traveling through space, it's very hard for us to measure that. How does light travel through a vacuum? How long does it take light to get from the stars to Earth? Where and when did God, I mean, how, how did God create the light to arrive to Earth from the stars? So Einstein had a good theory on starlight and how it traveled and by the way he was not a young earth creationist but he I, I believe that he at least contributed to the idea of gravitational time dilation that um even though light has a speed a fixed speed that when light is moving it's as though 
by the perspective of light, time is actually not passing. It does not appear to be passing. And it's totally theoretical, but again, what in the universe outside of Earth is not based on theoretical physics and so forth. But it is a plausible explanation. And there are other explanations for it out there. But the problem is, is being able to measure and test any of the explanations is pretty much impossible. Where I do will concede that the idea that light being tra traveling at a, at a fixed rate, I think it's testable. I don't know for a fact. Um, so you can't really contest that element too much. But there are other explanations that are possibilities. And uh, until we're able to actually observe and measure how fast light travels at those extreme distances, we really will never know. But what I'm seeing right now is that there's so much um, evidence here on Earth that we can look at to suggest there's a young Earth that we can make that conclusion and not be too worried about the starlight, that we can kind of trust that God and his word is actually telling the truth. So gaps in the Bibles and genealogies. I think I already talked about this a little bit, that the gaps are not big ones. Um, I already talked about Genesis 1 and Genesis 2. And so finally what we arrive at is when we're talking about the age of the earth. Okay, so Christians, if you believe that the universe is billions of years old, and you believe the earth is billions of years old and dinosaurs died off 65 million years ago, there is a theological problem at hand. That being that you believe the dinosaurs died off before human beings did. Well, that means that death entered into the world before sin entered into the world because mankind brought sin into the world. So how can the dinosaurs die off before mankind even came into the world to bring sin into the world? And by the way, you'd have to assume that dinosaurs were also savage. Okay, again, theological problem. Animals did not start eating each other until sin entered into the world. So once again, that is a problem. And then you get into ideas like gap theory and other theories that suggest that, well, we could account, we, we can add millions of years here or millions of years there. The problem is, is that the Bible does not fill in those gaps. It does not tell us what would have happened inside those gaps. And on top of that, lots of times those gaps are created because we can't make sense out of the geologic column. So you're not doing it based on the idea that the Bible suggests it. You're going back to the idea that, well, dinosaurs and rock layers. We're going back to that every time. So we're looking at those pieces of evidence. And the young earth creationist explanation of it is not only scientifically plausible, feasible. It is also harmonious with what the Bible tells us. So I'd like to encourage you, look into it more. Again, don't feel stupid if you disagree with me and don't think that I'm stupid for disagreeing with you either, but look into it. Do some investigating on your own part and find out for yourself. Do you believe the earth was young or you believe the earth is much older, like, six, like billions of years old? I personally believe there's theological significance to the age of the earth as it stands right now. And I believe that it also relates indeed to the end times too. So, I'm going to leave it at that. My name is Bill Sang. This is the Bill Sang Podcast. Again, we are talking about the age of the earth tonight. Visit WilliamHSang.com to find our episodes of the Bill Sang Podcast on there. Visit us on YouTube, on Rumble, on Buzzsprout, 
Apple, uh, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio. Look us up all over the place. Share it with your friends. Let them know about us. We want to spread the word uh, that the Bill Singh Podcast is talking about. I don't even care that you spread the word, spread word of the Bill Singh Podcast, but I believe in the ideas that we're sharing on this show. And I think they're at least worth entertaining the thoughts that I'm bringing up. So thank you for joining us for the Bill Singh Podcast, and have a good day.